Hello and welcome to Guru Please, the show about pushing the limits of life and stepping up to live with more meaning, more purpose, and more passion. I'm your host, Jessica Sun. I'm really pleased to introduce Corey McDonald. Corey is a transpersonal art therapist, artist, and cognitive coach. She helps people activate their creative intelligence, giving them the freedom and grit to transform their challenges into wisdom. She's the author of Life in Full Colors, Unlock Your Childlike Curiosity to Uncover and Activate the Creative Intelligence You Are. Welcome to the show, Corey. Oh, thanks so much, Jessica. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what you do. Like, what is art therapy and what is creative intelligence? Oh, yeah. Great questions. I know it's not your typical job. (laughs) And it kind of found me. Art therapy, let's start there. Art therapy is a relatively new form of therapy. It's a nonverbal modality. And I guess I add that little component that I'm going to take a transpersonal approach. So if we start with that, transpersonal is thinking about us beings as body, mind, spirit, and then beyond that, part of all of life, an intelligence, a universal intelligence. And then, well, which is a very creative one too. We'll get into that later. And then if we break down art therapy, I guess the, to think of it this way, put art in the form of just pure expression. Each one of us is a pure divine expression of life. And we're all meant to be here being our authentic self. So the art we do in art therapy, it's not like you see the art in a, in a museum or, you know, it's not a Picasso. <laughs> Mind you, sometimes it has the whimsical qualities of his playful stuff, but it tends to be just what our emotions, emotion, emotion is energy and motion. So we flow it out with crayons, paints. So often the art looks a lot like stuff you'd see hanging in a preschool <laughs> just to, express one's heart and emotions and therapy or the way that I work with art therapy I just look to the Latin which is terapia which means to intend towards and what we're intending towards with art therapy is we're intending towards growth and expansion to discover more of who we truly are Mm -hmm. that's a little bit about transpersonal art therapy does that make sense yeah yeah that does And then with the creative intelligence, well, that is what I was kind of mentioning earlier with the transpersonal part. It's the fact that within each of us is this amazing power. I call it the creative intelligence. Some would call their higher power, spirit, source, God, Allah. Uh, It doesn't matter. It's, but it is a very creative power. And what happens is when we get into the, innermost space of who we are and find that part of us that often isn't even discovered there's answers within us there's potentials with us there's an intelligence within us that can guide us through and into new ways of being especially when something's not going right or we're wondering should I go left or right should I take Mm -hmm. this way or that way there are answers within each one of us that we know but we just need to know how to access that and transpersonal art therapy and this form of creative healing that I teach people is basically showing you what's already in you (laughs) with a crayon. Mm, Okay. 
And what are people healing from? And, you know, and why call it healing? Yeah, I would say that the root of it is a disconnect from one's authentic self, which encapsulates this creative intelligence, right? Like for me, what was I healing from when all of this stuff started to show up in my path? I mean, that's why we become healers Mm -hmm. (laughs) is these things are not working in our own, we're we're working in my life. Things like I, I had a lot of anxiety all throughout my life. I grew up in a family where there was just not like money families, not a lot of tools to handle pain or unprocessed emotions or, or just, you know, things that my parents, parents were immigrants. There was just a lot of suffering and hardship. And so that just kind of got downloaded into them. So we didn't um, have these tools. So as I started to grow up, I started to realize, oh, I have a lot of anxiety. And I was a really sensitive person. I can very empathic, mm-hmm. but taking on other people's stuff, let's say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that caused a lot of uh, panic. I could have panic attacks. And then as I grew older, like just a lot of insecurities, which then as I grew older, I just would self-medicate, you know, a lot of alcohol, mm-hmm. a lot of red wine. <laughs> and then that would spiral me down into depression. So it was just like compounding, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. Also w- lived in a family where we were trying to get better. We were trying to figure stuff out. So when this kind of traditional Alberta girl path of the we, there's quite a Bible belt there. So it went to church. But unfortunately, one of the things we picked up in our family was just put on a smile <laughs> and say, God bless you. But, you know, where do you put all those emotions? We didn't know how to, to deal with them. So I also did, had a huge disconnect because I would just think, well, I'll just be really positive and show that face to the outer world. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, at enclosed doors, who what's really going behind closed doors, a lot of anger. So I learned to shove anger down. Well, eventually that explodes out, right? So it, it was beautiful that as I started to heal all these aspects of me, you know, Jessica, it was really cool because what happened was I noticed that the clients who would show up or the people who would come to my workshops when I started to offer First, I learned art therapy, then I learned energy healing, various modalities, right? So Mm -hmm. that's how it all kind of wove together to become creative healing, because different people need, souls want different ways of healing. So I just attune and listen and, and we work together with what whatever works. But definitely in the art therapy aspect, I started to notice, oh, it was so beautiful that I've walked through anxiety, because I have you know, suddenly uh, this woman's come in or this child's come in, they're they're struggling with anxiety. I know that, you know? Mm. So it's like a match. Or perhaps there was still some anger, residual anger I still need to look at. So I remember my prof saying, whoever walks in the door, there's there's something for you you're healing still too, right? So that's why I call it healing. It's this beautiful reciprocal energy exchange that we come to grow and we come to expand but what is causing us to contract? There's usually some trapped heavy emotion there that we just can't access through their verbal thinking mind because it's usually like I spoke of my childhood. It's stuff that's like subconscious. It was like downloaded into us when we were like sponges, little kids, you know? Yeah. 
-hmm. So that's when it's beautiful to go into something that's nonverbal because you just can't get there from trying to figure it out with the linear analytical mind. There's got to be another way. And that's when we go into the feeling heart. That that's the other part. Yeah. And you're saying we go into that feeling mind or feeling heart through nonverbal like art, basically. Exactly. So okay, let's say how it would look like. Let's say uh what we go back to that example. I well, anger. I remember a beautiful situation where a woman came to me and she was filled with anger. It was a really intense anger because something had happened with her with her daughter like and in a situation that really triggered her mm-hmm. and so she came to me and I remember her just clenching her fist like so it's almost like I, I just could see it pouring out of her so how we go there is we sit together for a while there is a bit of talking in that we have to catch what's what's triggering her you know Mm-hmm. And then there's the invitation where I invite her. Why don't you express that anger and let that out in, in the way that feels just right for you. And with transpersonal approach, before we can go there, we go right into the heart center. So why, how we do that is I invite the person to close their eyes and we breathe into the heart so that we move out of that linear mind that's telling stories. Cause sometimes we sit there and we talk about the problems we have so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm notorious for this. I have to literally coach myself, Corey, stop talking because we'll just create a bigger story, right? And get ourselves mm-hmm. even more triggered. And we know what we focus on expands. So instead of focusing on the same old way of telling that story, we find a new way to tell it. What would anger look like in paint? I remember she picked up a big paintbrush (laughs) and she just grabbed a big jug of black paint and she painted the whole wall and she just physically moved that out of her body. That's a new way to move energy out, right? Mm -hmm. And then she could step back from it, A, see that I'm not this angry, crazy woman that that was just a something that was going on in me. And now I can step back and we could dialogue, not just about it, but with it, you know, she could, she also liked journaling. So she could grab her journal and she's just started to ask it questions. It's mm-hmm. part of it. It's your intelligence, right? So she could say, where, where did you come from? Where's your root? Like, what, what can you teach me? All this stuff that we've been taught to just push away, mm-hmm. anger, fear, sadness, Mm -hmm. shame, that's a big one, disgust, right? Those ones we don't like to look at, yet they're loaded with information for us. And they want to pivot. They want to make some resolution, but they need some attention. And that's just it. That's how we can do that in the art. We can actually express it in a new way and get more comfortable sitting next to these things and start getting information which comes through like stream of consciousness writing or just little, sometimes when you're playing those colors out on the page, you'll just start to get, I call it downloads from divine, (laughs) just new ideas will come to you or suddenly you'll connect dots and think, Oh, wow, this might be linked to that. It sometimes happens for people outside of the studio too. Like maybe a day or two later, the book will drop into their 
awareness or a conversation will happen and they'll think, wow, that really answers that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these connections will just happen outside of the artistic practice. Exactly. Because it's like we've stirred up something that Mm -hmm. we thought we couldn't touch, but actually we stir it up, we create a new momentum. And that's an invitation to the universe saying, I think that Joseph Campbell says, once you take one step towards the gods, a hundred will appear. Mm. And when we take a step towards growth or to, to taking something to a healing place or a higher vibration, then all of a sudden things start to shift and it doesn't happen overnight for all of us. Some people, wow, they have this like epiphany, but Like for me, it just was like a slow, a nice, slow and steady, like I could keep the pace (laughs) spiraling upward of understanding. And, you know, suddenly I would learn about energy and, oh, that sounds really good. And then suddenly I meet an energy healer and I suddenly receive energy healing and then I'm training, you know, these sort of things. Mm -hmm. That's how it kind of works. But yeah, it's quite a, it's an exquisite design, actually. We also learn in art therapy how to really notice things. Like, how do you even know which brush to grab? How did she know that? How did she know to grab black? I teach people to put literally your hand on your tummy and just notice what's pulling you, like across the room. What is your eyes? Are your eyes stuck on orange? Then grab orange. Scribble out some orange. And when you're bored, pluck it, right? So when we learn to do that with art materials, wow then when we're out and bridging at that into, into life and we're out in the world and you just feel like oh, i feel i should go sit by that window in that cafe mm-hmm. then all of a sudden in a conversation with the just right person you know with mm-hmm. or you it might go the other way i do not feel i should go to that job right now no i need to go i, I don't want to go there or i don't need to go out today, I need to stay home and self-care. You know, we start to listen better to ourselves and we life moves smoother when we have that awareness that we have a whole mind. We have that linear thinking mind. That's important too. We got to get emails done and <laughs> we got to plan our schedules, but we have, we can create coherence and have coherence with our, our feeling mind, which is in our center, our core which all the ancients, you know, point us to. So when we get those two working together, wow, that's when life starts to feel more aligned. And you can use the word healed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we start to heal those things and we move in a beautiful rhythm with all of life. Mm, okay. Yeah, what you're saying is that when we connect with that kind of gut instincts or intuition, mm-hmm. say, like our feelings, it makes our lives a lot easier. You know, we don't get caught up in analysis paralysis or that state of like, I don't know which way to go. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you mean by integrating the thinking mind and the feeling mind? That's so beautifully put. That's it. I like that analysis paralysis. Oh, I've lived there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's ongoing, right? Like this is the stuff that I share is like still my medicine. Like, and, and I'm giggling as you say that, because today I was like, oh, that's what happened. <laughs> I was, my daughter is like, as we talked earlier before we started the podcast, she's over in Canada. So there's a thought that I might need to go over there and help her get out of her dorm. 
mm-hmm. and you know into into an apartment so she, she said mom it would be great if you came and now we've just had a lockdown here in Belgium where I am and so there's a lot of steps to <laughs> if I can get there and I had so many tabs open on my computer and at there, one point I just froze like a deer in headlights and I thought, oh, I'm I'm really needing to get away from this for a minute and just walked out mm-hmm. uh, into the grass put my feet in the grass for a minute and Again, that's back to that feeling, feeling mind, right? As I did that, I could feel my breath. I put my hand on my heart, another hand on my belly, just breathe. Um, now I thought, you know, if this is meant to be created into a hot thing, it will, it will align if I just keep in this place. Because we do, when we get into that analysis paralysis, we also get into tense and heavier states like even as I think about it I can feel if I feel my body when you said that word I felt my back kind of bristle and Mm -hmm. my neck tense up so those are gorgeous moments that our body is talking to us and saying listen you're going into one of those tight emotions those heavier ones you know Mm -hmm. mine was definitely fear and fear that I can't get there for fear that it's going to be a million steps. Can I do them all? Mm-hmm. All of those. And often under fear is a sadness. Like we have layers. Like as yeah. I'm speaking, I can feel that there was also the sadness that my daughter is 18 and she's had to handle so much mm-hmm. on her own with COVID. Like she was supposed to be here with us, but then because she's an uh, adult now, she couldn't come on the family visa and these things, right? So there's this sadness, you know, so how, what I love to do with that is just go right to my art journal and just say, what does it feel like? What's going on in me? Mm-hmm. What's going on now? And just lay out my colors as though I'm a child, like in kindergarten, you know, dump them out. <laughs> Cause the feeling heart is chaotic. It's a bit messy. Like you said, it's that kind of gut instinct. It's not planned. It's not orderly. That's why often we don't go there because it just doesn't, in the Western world, especially, it looks quite irresponsible. You know, it's it's a little bit like a wild child, you know. So to help activate that, I literally will dump my crayons or purposefully be a bit messy in my space, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and um, just tell, even sit cross-legged on the floor to just tell my body, like, this playful one is coming out now. It's not at a desk, you know? Mm. And and that's really helpful because it sends a signal to the body that, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna access this now. And then I start to play those colors out. Often when I can't name it, I'll even brought, roll my crayon on the side like a haze, you know? Because it's mm. just like I'm in a fog. I don't quite know. And then suddenly mm. my hand knows what to do. Maybe even words will enter into the image. Maybe I'll write missing eye or heart, heart's heavy. Or, and then I'll play colors into those words. Or It just will organically start to form. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it will come to another state. And that's when we will feel kind of complete or like we've gone to a buffet and we're full. <laughs> and uh, at that point, when I look out at that image, I'm, I've got that distance enough. I'll sometimes stand up or look at it from another perspective, put it on a wall, and then I can start to dialogue with it and ask it, what do you have to teach me? Mm-hmm. What if you weren't a problem? What if you were an opportunity for something new coming through me? 
and then answers will come. Ah, okay. I see. So you have this art journal where you fuse art and language, like colors and words together. It's very like intuitively guided. And Mm -hmm. then you'll step back once you feel this sense of completion. It's been externalized out of you. And then you'll kind of speak with it. You said dialogue and like reflect upon it. Yeah. And now that you're speaking it back to me, which I love this process, because <laughs> that's exactly what the art does, right? Mm-hmm. Art made from the, the heart like that. And then I think I thought of the poem by Rumi, The Guest House, right? Because mm-hmm. each one's a visitor, these emotions, a sadness, mm-hmm. we welcome them in. And, and, and then it becomes quite exciting, because there's also these beautiful things they can measure that when you're creating, you're in your creative flow, we now know that, you know, you're, you're moving out of the beta mind, you start to move into alpha states, you start to deepen your breath, you start to notice that, like, even if you do this long term, they see that your hormonal balance starts to balance your serotonin levels increase, like there's stuff going on in their physiology that just starts to really calm us, right? So then we can be in this receptive mode. And actually what I'm describing here are are what happened, are these kind of seven steps that I started to notice happen with whoever I worked with, like whether it was a child who was having nightmares or it was a CEO who was really having a hard time with making some big decisions with, you know, making cuts at work or what have you. Mm-hmm. There was always this process where there was a challenge or a problem showing up. And that became the ultimate art material. If you could do like the very thing I'm sharing, that you could just, instead of avoiding it, as we so often do, we don't even realize sometimes we just get really busy <laughs> or we just, you know, like for me, it's like, I'm going to the chocolate cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> like way too much (laughs) or getting down the YouTube rabbit hole, like, you know, Mm -hmm. so if we can stop and say, wait a minute, I'm going to own this and then put it in the art, you know, as I described, put it on a page, whether it's a big wall or it's a, my art journal or whatever, and then ask on it, like those questions I kind of shared with you, like, what if you, were the problem like what if you were a teacher or a gift Hmm. and then to learn how to receive from it getting those downloads like you know automatically writing and trusting this involves a level of trust because it's easy to say oh this is crazy or Mm -hmm. you know this this won't work but it's (laughs) like saying okay I'm open I'm just gonna go for this and then when you get those answers to actually act on it you know because there's a specific guidance that comes through, but unless you take a step <laughs> towards that, it just is the same stuff going on. But then what happens is like, as you do this over and over, it's so gorgeous because all of a sudden it's like, wow, I have this intelligence in me that I can access. Mm. And then now I'm at the stage, I, say, I, I don't even need to pull the the crayons like I just do it energetically if my imagine we see we all can do this imaginally mm. in our imaginal world even as I'm describing this maybe you're imagining your crayons going on the page so 
what I do now is like when I had sadness and that fear came up today with this flight and can I get to Canada? Da, da, da. Yeah. When I was out on the lawn with my feet there, I was kind of doing all this just through my mind's eye, through my imaginal world. Mm. And I've come to expect it. Like there's been enough data piled up enough times that I've done this. I was like, wow, I had all the answers in me. So now I just expect it. And that helps because we get what we expect. So even though I don't know what's going to come out in the picture and I do not know what's coming out in the words, mm-hmm. I just really expect that I will be met with an intelligence that's far more than I'm grabbing at with my stressed out mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's kind of this rhythm that came through that I started to notice. And that's when I start to write down these little like steps or power tools, I call them creative power tools. So I saying there's kind of this process that happens. And when you when that happens, you start to actually fall in love with yourself even more because it's like when you meet someone new and you love you fall in love. And and it could be even just a, a friend that you just like, oh I love this about you. I love this. Mm-hmm. Well you start to do that to yourself because all this stuff was stuck inside and it starts showing up and you think, oh, I love you. And all that self-love starts to grow, which is something we all need <laughs> growth in. My goodness. It took me decades to be able to look in my in the mirror in my eyes and say, I love you for this. You know, now it's so mm-hmm. easy because there's there's so much more to discover. It's like being in love like <laughs> right. with this uh, ever unfolding self right wow so mm. that is so powerful just that feeling or that state of being where you're just at a level of self-awareness and self-love that you just love almost like the sense of the mystery unfolding with every mm. moment and even if something comes up and there's a challenge or an issue, you know that you're prepared, you can reframe that, you can interact with it, ask it questions, and you're not afraid to feel. Mm, That's it. You're not afraid to feel anymore. Oh, I love that you said that. Because we now understand that we can love all of ourselves, like the, the dark, dark looking, I call it the whole crayon box, <laughs> the, the highlights, the low lights, and all that mm. stuff in between. We need every color in that box because, as we know, you know, we couldn't even appreciate that pop of hot pink if there wasn't that deep umber beside mm-hmm. it, you know? Mm-hmm. All of it is included and all of it is vital. Like I said earlier, how would I know how to sit in? absolute loving awe of that woman who came and just ripped into that black paint and just, (laughs) you know, just threw that color on the wall and panting and crying and screaming. And I I could just watch it in wonder and awe. And like anger is a beautiful, powerful mover, right? When it's Mm. channeled, right? We need that power. So, you know, I could sit with that because I've been, angry like that for a <laughs> god I simmered on it for decades <laughs> so it was like oh I know this one yeah this this is important this isn't this is beautiful it's all beautiful mm. and and that's huge for me because I grew up so much self-loathing because I really thought I had to have it all 
right. My God, I'm a Virgo. We're, we're very orderly and perfectionist. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I took that to a level where I put it on my, myself and it's just impossible. It's right. yeah. It's just so wonderful to say, I love all of it. You know, the whole picture. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's what love really is. Yeah. That's it. Unconditional, no conditions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about your book that kind of came to you this past year, Life in Full Colors. How did it come to you and what is it about? Yeah, it came actually about a year ago. It was during the lockdown and mm-hmm. I was in Dubai and we we all were locked down in the world, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. And being at home with the three, we have three teenagers and my husband and a dog and the house suddenly got really full. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now, like I said, I, I am so aligned with this creative intelligence. I, I can literally hear it. It's like a whisper in my ear. It's like a little feather on my cheek kind of nudging me. And I was being nudged and I, I felt myself being pulled to this little room outside of our house I think most people in Dubai um, who use that room if they have maybe a live-in helper or a maid or something you know for us it was the Christmas tree storage (laughs) and and it became where I would go and get quiet and could meditate and one day I'm going out there and I hear grab your laptop and you know I had a hunch that a book that I tried to write five years earlier, I kind of was writing it from, I should write a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never do something from a should. <laughs> it just doesn't flow. But interestingly, the universe uses anything though, because in that earlier attempt to write a book, I had created kind of a skeleton of, of what it would be. So when I, when I got the pull to go back and the inspiration and the excitement about wow what would a book look like coming through now mm-hmm. all of a sudden it just downloaded very easily because it's like muscle memory I sort of had the memory of what was started five years ago mm-hmm. and why I had this poll to write it is I always notice when things repeat and within the month before lockdown I had five different people say to me you know you should write a book now because this is so simple when you explain it like if I could access this with some crayons or pastels and could you write a book, you know, these kind of conversations. So I, I noticed that. And number five is all about change and freedom. And I thought, wow, I feel a message is coming. And sure enough, the book came in through really fast. And, mm-hmm. and it is these um, seven tools that I was sharing with you, like the own it to ask on it to receive from it so it was really fun too because as I came out I'd never written a book before so again I fell in love and it's kind of shocked and surprised at more of who I am more is unfolding I always thought I only create through a paintbrush or you know mm-hmm. <laughs> through colors but I never imagined that I could write a book right. and Yeah. And that was really gorgeous too, because it's not just Corey's story. It's all of a sudden these memories of so many beautiful people who I've had the honor of working with and sitting beside and witnessing them 
uncover more of themselves and their creative intelligence, I could call them up or email and say, listen, a book's coming through me Mm -hmm. and your story wants to be in there. How are you? Like some of these people (laughs) I haven't talked for 10 years, you know, Mm -hmm. because we live quite a nomadic life and some have been from Japan and others were from, you know, US and all over, some from Thailand. And so it was so beautiful because first of all, unanimously, they said, please share my story because I had no idea this was in me. And I was in such a state when we met, but now I'm doing X, Y, Z. You know, many of them had actually become quite creative in their life. A couple have become artists, Mm -hmm. even though the art we start with looks like preschool art, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it activates something. And oftentimes the art starts to deepen and transform and people start to realize, wow, I want to take art lessons now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And that was beautiful to hear people say, no, Corey, now I'm doing this and this has happened in my life. And now now my marriage is in such a new state and, and please share my story. And that was really a gift because it's, it is, it's showing that it's in all of us. It's not, you know, it's not just, you got to be an artist. No, in fact, it's easier if you're not, because then you really just surrender and say, okay, I got nothing to lose. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Who is the book or the messages in the book for? The the messages in the book are for those, the whole book is for anyone who's going through a challenge in any form. Like it can be uh, something kind of, just been nagging them all their life (laughs) like I you know I I should oh I should do this Mm -hmm. or maybe it's a huge crisis like maybe my my father's really sick and now I'm at home being a caregiver to him and I had to put my dreams on hold or Mm -hmm. it can be you know anything and if you're curious to to learn a really simple but powerful way to use that challenge for you for your growth, for your understanding more of who you are, and to see how it can not only transform the way you walk through that challenge, it might not, your challenge may not transform, who knows, energy moves things too, but it transforms the way you approach life and, and the way that you see yourself so that you can see your challenge anew and pivot it or light, intelligence, wisdom, and next steps that you probably wouldn't have access when you're in problem mode. (laughs) What are some signs that someone isn't living life in full colors? That's such an important question because, you know, we get used to things and even if things aren't flowing or colorful, they can just become our normal. (laughs) And we don't even realize, oh, my God, I'm not living a life of colors. And I think a big key is back when we talked about heavy trapped emotions that there, we feel even when we think about like, just imagine shame, right? What do we do when we're ashamed? We kind of cower, we curl over, we hide our face. If you notice that you're not feeling comfortable or confident to be seen or connecting with others or visible if you're not sharing who you are if you if you don't feel worthy of expressing who you, the truth the fullness of who you are mm-hmm. then that's a really big clue and another thing is 
we tend to overdo life. <laughs> I was the queen of this and I still have to watch this overdo to compensate when we don't feel that our colors are worthy of mm -hmm. being expressed in the world. So whether we're over busying our life, like I used to have a friend come by and he said, Corey, I can't even look at your calendar. It terrifies me. I had this huge wall calendar. <laughs> and I would be, again, you set your new normal. I'd be like, what's wrong with my calendar? It's highly organized. He said, Corey, I can't, I'm terrified. Like, when do, you, when do you even go to the toilet? Like, when do you, I had every minute scheduled in my day. Like, it was just ridiculous. And, and then I rarely could meet that standard. So then what would I do? I'd beat myself up that I didn't do enough, right? So overdoing is a big, uh, over busying yourself or over giving, like you can't give to yourself, but oh, I'll, I'll give to everyone else. So you're running on empty, giving to everyone else so that you feel worthy, right? Yeah. And the other one is over binging. So these are all things I can totally raise my hand to. I know these full well. So I mentioned that chocolate drawer, right? <laughs> And um, before I had a kind of uh, awakening experience, it was definitely like, I just followed my family line. So it was mm -hmm. wine and like just uh, going, medicating with self-medicating with alcohol and, yeah. and just trying to numb out, right. To not feel, and then having to jack myself up in the morning with copious amounts of caffeine. So it was a real tricky cycle to, to even notice, let alone you know, right. But those sort of things are nice little indicators that, Ooh, maybe I'm running from, <laughs> from myself. Right. Mm. So obviously those might be helpful little hints to point. Direction. Yeah. 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 Because they can almost be taken for granted at some level <laughs> where you're just so deep in that, in the trenches, like as it were, and yeah. you can't, see beyond that it, it's very hard to believe that there is anything beyond it yeah and it's just so normally reflected back and like I would say most of society is running this way so mm -hmm. it's easy to say well that's just how life is like honestly I had no idea there was an alternative right. until I hit rock bottom and went I can't live like this anymore there's got to be something else you know and that mm -hmm. sounds like such a we want to avoid that state, but actually that's our, that's the moment when we hit that bottom. Mm -hmm. That's like I said, everything starts to rush to us because that's usually the point we look up and out of our, our rut and we mm -hmm. think we cry out, you know, and then things can start a new trajectory. And so it's actually, that's again, why we got to love all the colors because my blackest, darkest night was so essential for me to come and realize, wow, I could, I can really have a colorful, vibrant life. I can have confidence. Like I can talk on a podcast. I would have never, I was running and hiding as much as I could before. Never be speaking out loud. So I had no idea all of this was in me, you know, and it's like that for everybody, everybody. What did your darkest night look like? Oh, yeah, I can see it right now. I can see a, a tiny living room in Japan. I was living in Yokohama, my husband and I, and we had just had my third child. So 
two toddlers at my feet. The sofa's this kind of rusty orange. I can still see it, Jessica. And I'm laying on it. That's why I can see it. I cannot get up. I'm laying there and I'm looking at these three beautiful children and I'm looking for Japan size. Our house was quite large. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, Corey, you should be so happy. You have a husband who's at this point really worried about me. I'd spiraled down into a, probably my third depression. They were usually sparked hey, by each childbirth. Mm -hmm. I'm isolated because I've gone and, as I mentioned before, my way was run and hide. So I went and jumped at moving across the world with James, mm -hmm. my husband, at the quickest chance I could because I wanted to get away from the family dynamics that weren't working. <laughs> but what happened? Well, I didn't know how to heal any of that. So I just recreated it within oh. myself. Mm -hmm. and who was receiving the things that had hurt me as a child? Oh, God, I start to realize, oh, I'm just putting this on them, these little cherubs, these three little children are getting the wrath of this fake happy mom on the outside, and I'm coming home and I'm roaring at them. Mm -hmm. And they're just being children. So that spiraled me right down. And there I was alone. I mean, James had to work a lot then and bless him when he'd come home, he'd try whatever, but he couldn't be there all the time. And I remember hearing a news story of isolated uh, Japanese housewives who were driving off of this road, beach road into the sea mm. uh, out of desperation. And isn't that interesting that I caught that story? of attraction, right? Mm. That's where I was. And I remember laying there and being frozen in fear that, oh my God, that is my only plan. <laughs> like that's mm. my only tool. Wow. And oh, the sh I just shudder still when I think of it. But thank goodness I had a sister. Well, I have three sisters, but I had one that right away popped to mind. And I called her and immediately just I just said I'm really in trouble like I I'm actually entertaining this right now mm -hmm. and I called her because she grew up in the same family as me and she said Corey you're and again back to that overgiving you're giving to everyone and it wasn't just my kids just to really reinforce that everything was okay I was on of course many committees and helping out at the preschool you know like over yeah. And she said, you've got to stop and you've got to go get help. And she stayed with me on the line till I got myself on the computer and found someone, you know, to go see a therapist. And thank God it was an art therapist. It was, no, she was actually not an art therapist, but she was an artist, oh. a musician. Yeah. Okay. So you just think about those perfect person came into my path at that right time, right? So. Wow. Yeah, and it was really hard for me to go there. It took everything to go and to say, I am so low, I'm this low. Because I was so used to saying, everything's fine. Wow. <laughs> everything's fine. So that was probably the darkest. And it was the most exquisite darkest moment. Because like I said, the just right soul came into my path. And, 
And she totally saw through me because she mm -hmm. said, I've been you. <laughs> As mm -hmm. it happens, the circle completes itself. And she just was a, a gift to me. And she, she had the best advice was to just stop it all and go back to your paints and wake up. You're not sleeping anyways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'll light a candle in the morning and start learning how to breathe into your center and take a paintbrush. And even if you only paint blue, paint mm -hmm. blue and just breathe and don't talk to anybody. Just find a new way of being. That was wow. my first clue. Yeah. Wow. I'll never forget her. Yeah. And that was the first time you kind of reached out for help in that way. That really was. I was mm. really that uh, uh, from that rock bottom place. Hey. Yeah. I mean, and I was open, of course, to it because I mean, James and I were open to getting help as a couple, or you know, that was my mom's uh, wedding gift to us was couples counseling. <laughs> And the guy was like, well, you guys are pretty young, <laughs> not even married yet. But actually, he was, he still is, the words he shared were brilliant. He said, I guess what I can tell you both is something you'll have to remember all your life for all your relationships is the minute you start to expect someone outside of you to behave as you want, <laughs> yeah. then you're in trouble. And so that was actually also on my mind um, mm. when I was taking care of myself and bringing myself up the emotional vibrational scale was like how I'm so accommodating for everyone else can I give myself the same love <laughs> can I give myself the same space to to fall apart so that I can put myself together in a whole new way and that was really you know another clue why do you think we become disconnected from our love for ourselves and our desire and, you know, want to create? Mm. It starts very young. Now we can understand that even in our mother's womb, we're picking up messages. Mm -hmm. And if their messages are discordant or there's, heaviness which often there is <laughs> yeah. we absorb that and then we enter the world like totally fresh like a little sponge and and our well-meaning caregivers and mentors and teachers and parents and all of them they they've all they've all received their messages <laughs> when they were little ones and unless they've done deep inner work and learned how to lighten some of the heavy emotions they they tend to put things like no don't do that you might get embarrassed don't don't talk like that or no 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 you can't cry no mm -hmm. no boys aren't allowed to cry or no don't be angry at your sister you should girls shouldn't be angry god knows what and even unspoken messages my goodness like <laughs> I could just catch a look from <laughs> my dad and I would know, Oh, okay. <laughs> He's mad. And then that's where I learned that one run, hide under your bed. <laughs> right? Like these are things that we learn and strategies we learn and they're really important. They really are important at the beginning because they're survival strategies, but they're not thriving strategies <laughs> and they're not always correct. And they're not always rooted in love. So we can easily just miss that piece that 
oh, you know, I, it, maybe I got that look from dad in that moment, but I interpret it as dad's really doesn't, dad just doesn't like me, you know? Yeah. So then we can't receive that the messages of love, they get kind of blocked. So it's, it's all that stuff in those early years that it's always there. And it's always there for us to work with too. That's the beautiful news is that after a while, when we start to see like, oh my goodness, this is repeating again in this relationship. We can kind of go, I don't want it to. I want to yeah. change this. And we can. We're that powerful. My God, we're the universe in a pair of jeans. You know, like we just <laughs> have this all in us. So I'm so grateful that life showed me these little power tools because it is my heart to share it with whoever is curious to try a new way. And it might not come through this. Like you just ask a question. It might come through, you know, for my sister, she's an occupational therapist. And she does a lot through sports and through her body and yoga, you know, mm. it, it can come through any way. I mean, even art therapy can come through written. I know people who are dance therapists who are, or that therapist that I met, she was a musician. She could mm-hmm. feel it through her music. Anything that takes you into that feeling part of you that lets you create a new and move in a new way. That's that's the ticket to self-love and to reconnecting with all the pieces of ourselves. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you notice that you're not as connected as you felt before? Mm, that's so important. That's a, exactly where we go. What I mentioned today, where I went right to my, put a hand on my heart. Mm-hmm. And I like to put another one in my belly because <laughs> depending on, I mean, we, we're some, some people say you center through your heart. I think the heart and the belly are connected because you feel it all in the guts and, <laughs> and our intuition and our, our center and, and breathe right into the heart. And, and we have, have the ability to actually bring up lighter emotions in fact, I use a lot of, I love HeartMath. Have you heard of HeartMath.org? Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, they're, they're really amazing. Um, all the new science is, that's coming out, like the Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden, all these beautiful guides who are showing us what the new science is teaching us about energy and neuroscience and epigenetics. HeartMath at the basic is take, bringing us back into our hearts and they have the technology that can measure. And when we go into a heart space and breathe in there, so all we do is literally right now, I've got my hand on my heart and I'm just slowing my breath. So we just breathe in for five seconds into our hearts. So just focusing there and now holding and now exhaling oh, into our whole being. For five seconds and now the second time let's breathe in joy and as you exhale just pushing that joy into joy into every piece of you every cell of you mm. well, we can bring in peace whatever one gratitude this is the power and they can measure that the heart's magnetical field is five thousand times stronger than that of the thinking minds Wow. So that's what I was talking about. When we get into coherence and we start including our heart, our center, we can just elevate our love 
for ourselves there. And you literally start to feel it. It starts to soften. You start to kind of melt. And not only that, the whole field, <laughs> the quantum field around you starts to reverberate this love. I mean, 5,000 times, that's a lot of power. And that's when those beautiful synchronous events start to come to you, magnified to you, magnetic field is attracting. So it's no doubt that I had the hunch to call that right sister, you know, like I have three sisters. It's like, mm -hmm. no, I'm not gonna call her. And then she points me to grab my laptop. I had not even thought to do that. Like this is days when I was, we we're just starting with doing searches and stuff. So I, I wasn't, I was really old fashioned when it came to and an adverse to technology back then. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, really? I can search? Like, so, <laughs> and what do I do? Well, I'm in Japan. I speak basic Japanese, but I, I don't know. I need an English speaker. And something intuitively was like, get a woman. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get a woman. So there are my search narrows. And then, so that magnetical field, it starts to really respond. When you move from the heart, it starts to bring the right things to your heart mm. for healing. So those, though, that is important. The minute you feel uh, like off balance or you just feeling like, wow, I, that hit me or we're really freaked out, like driving in, I mentioned that we lived in Dubai. It was like sometimes eight lanes and they're going fast yeah. <laughs> in there in the desert. So I would be cut off and the whole world is living in Dubai. So everyone's got different ways of passing where everyone's used to driving differently in their country of origin. Mm -hmm. So it was like a video game. And I remember sometimes I'd be just completely freaking out. And I would just put my hand on my heart as I'm driving, keeping eyes open for those ones <laughs> and just breathing in there. And instantly nervous system is regulated. Like that's coherence. You regulate your nervous system. So you bring yourself right out of those reactionary states and you can respond and you can choose and you don't have to repeat patterns. That's powerful. That's right in us all the time, straight to the heart all the time. Yeah, I love that because you're saying it's really a matter of connecting to your heart, which we don't need anything outside of us to do. And it's really that internal process of, recognizing where our power is and if the heart is that much more powerful than the mind like it's it's really beyond my imagination like what what is possible there oh isn't it true i mean who knew right that we have that power in us and that's what's so exciting now because this is now common knowledge i mean and this our ancients knew ancients yeah. knew this right mm -hmm. they would just know this and they would move with this and they would attune and, and to each other through that's the other gorgeous thing our hearts attune to one another mm -hmm. so even this beautiful dialogue you and i are having nothing planned we're just flowing and it's just taking us where it needs to go and in the same way whoever's listening to this your heart is attuned right now so your heart knew to come and listen to this podcast, this episode to get this important information. I just trust it so much. That's back to that step in my book, expect it. Like I'll literally, before I even put my feet on the ground, I lay in my bed and I go straight to my heart. That's how I start my day. You can do it too. Because so often we just grab our phone and then I get, if I grab my phone, then I'm pulled straight to my mind. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, I am pulled into old patterns of like overdoing and getting over busy. No, we can start, put our hand on the heart, 
and just breathe in. Don't have to make it a long thing, just two or three breaths. Activate that heart center. And then I ask, now, how can I get any better today? <laughs> and then I just put that out to the universe. And I have a plan to every one of my days, but I don't hold my plans too tight. Like I keep them kind of, I hold them lightly because something new and something synchronous will come through. And then it's easy to just kind of flow with it and, and see, see our creative intelligence knows far more what we need than our planning my needs. And we can, I don't, I'm not saying never plan. I definitely plan, but I keep open to, to higher things to come through, to show me more of who I am and more of ways I can serve. I never imagined I could serve through a book and it works so much better, right? Because if I'm just doing one by one or like a small workshop, I can only share it with a handful of people. This way, so many others can do this and right in your home, like, just in or like I said in the car in moments where you're just thinking I need to get back home to myself there we go more yeah. tools yeah. yeah thank you so much for sharing your tools and what you do it was very interesting to hear your own practice and how your art journal has become internalized in the sense where you have a studio in your heart, in yourself, and that mm -hmm. you you don't even need the crayons. You can use, you know, as you said, the, that imaginal space to connect with yourself and uh, discover things about yourself and even have dialogue within and with yourself. Also, thank you for sharing about your book, Life in Full Colors, and links will be in the show notes for that. Again, Corey, this has been just a great conversation. Thank you. I've loved being with you. Thank you for having such a precious podcast, especially now, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you.